therefore we're to cast off the works of darkness and let us put on what the armor of light let us be let this mind which was in christ jesus this mind of light have preeminence have the supremacy in your thought life let us walk properly because when we put on the armor of light we can only then walk properly we can't fix our walk if we are not aware of our thoughts we can't fix an external moment without realigning an internal re an internal reality but sometimes it seems easy to brush my hair than to brush off all the tangles and kinks in my mindset. So verse 13, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. And we looked at strife and envy last week, Paul writing to the Corinthians that they thought they were so spiritual. And one of the reasons they thought they were so spiritual because they prayed in tongues. And, and Paul says, no, you're carnal. And he defined uh, he, he explained why he called them carnal because they were what? There was envy and striving in their midst. And here we see Paul again telling the, the Romans. So this was obviously, this is a work of the flesh. No matter the church you go to, you will have the works of the flesh, whether it's the Romans or the Corinthians. And we can look at also, he pretty much said the same in Ephesians, to the Ephesians. It's a flesh situation, not a church-related problem we're to walk away from strife and envy but put on the lord jesus christ let this mind be in you which was in christ jesus put how do you put on the lord jesus christ it's not like you can you can just jump into a bodysuit you put on his thoughts you take the word, well, then you're like, well, how do I put on these, these thoughts that I don't see? I'll tell you how I do it. I read the word. I daily read the word. And there are some days I can read a little bit longer. Other days it can be just a verse. I'll just meditate one verse on one portion of scripture. What am I doing? The word is my water that I bathe my mind with. The word, the word is, is the light of God that I'm bringing illumination to my thoughts. I'm putting on the mind of Christ. Because if we're not habitually spending and abiding in the word of God, we will have a wrong presumption. And the presumption is because I'm born again and I do go to church every Sunday, then I am trusting every single thought I will ever think during the week. Every single thought that I think surely is a God-ordained thought because I'm a child of God. And yes, we are children of God. And yes, we are to, to not forsake the fellowship together with the saints, especially as we see this day approaching. But yet, if I do not have a, a habitual abiding in light, this light of the word of God in truth, I will not be able to discern truth from a lie. This is my discernment. This is my standard of evaluating every thought. It's not like I, I mean, there was a season in my life where I would evaluate every single thought, every single thought. 
I'll be doing dishes and I'll be aware of my mind. I just train myself to be aware. So there have been uh, no fly zone, or better said, no landing zone for wicked thoughts. I'll be changing the kids' diapers, whatever it might be. Driving, especially driving, and being mindful of what am I allowing to run through the files of my mind. Which file am I opening right now? And I, I, I became diligent. I asked the Holy Spirit to help me to evaluate these thoughts and not to take them casually. Because I recognized, let's say I was thinking on the wrong thing, on the drive to the grocery store, I get to the grocery store, I'm ticked off. I'm just ticked off by everyone there. The cash is not, they don't bag the groceries anymore, but, you know, didn't bag it fast enough. The line wasn't going fast enough. The line I thought was going to be the fastest to pay for my groceries was the slowest. All because I did not have rulership over my mind. And I started making these associations, and I recognized it brought sobriety to me that that which I thought on the way to that store had actually affected my store experience. And then you know, I started meditating these verses that I'll, I'll share with you today. Let's go to, actually we didn't finish here, verse 14 before we go to Ephesians. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what? This is it. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust, which is telling me that flesh has lusts, which we know it does. Which is telling me that flesh, that the lust of the flesh want expression. Which is telling me that if I do not reign in the flesh, I will give that lust expression. So, so if I catch myself, and of course that's, you know, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of flesh, the pride of life the very nature of, of the flesh. If I catch myself walking in those, let's say, the, the lust of the eyes, whose fault was it? Satan bring a temptation for me to behold something not supposed to behold, or that I was totally unrestrained. <laughs> oh, it's Satan's fault always. No, it's not. It's a lack of knowing the hour that we're living in. It's a lack of a not being diligent in putting on this armor of light. It is a lack of not allowing and giving the flesh provision. Let's go to Ephesians. Doesn't get easier from here. <laughs> it gets most sobering. Actually, the, these are answers. These are answers to victory. Ephesians 4.17. So the message again is put on the mind of Christ. Put on this divine wisdom. Engage the divine wisdom that we already have. Christ in us, the hope of glory. This I say, therefore, Paul writing again, and testify in the Lord that you should not... This is He's writing to the church in Ephesus. He's writing to believers. Here, if we see... If we see how he starts the book of Ephesus... Sorry, the book of Ephesians in chapter 1... At the very beginning, he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, he's saying, I'm a believer. And he's writing to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful, the faithful saints in Ephesus, in Christ Jesus. And he says, grace 
to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So now this grace and peace that he's imparting through this letter reads like, grace and peace reads like, what does it read like? You should no longer walk in the rest. Okay, let's go back to 17, 417. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Do not walk in the futility of their minds. So we associate grace and peace with some loving tones of no correction. We then think, okay, if I'm being corrected, then I'm not a faithful saint. Oh my, I've lost my salvation. No. He wrote, he wrote this epistle to the Ephesians, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful and faithful in Christ Jesus. This is the most profound book that he penned by the power of the Holy Ghost that talked about who we are in Christ, that as he died, we've died, and as he's been raised up, we've been raised up, that we now sit far above every power and principality. He finishes the book with the armor of God. And right between chapter 2 and chapter 6 is chapter 4, where he's saying, ah, you should no longer walk. You should no longer walk, which means they have been somewhat walking. How? In the futility of a mind. Just like the heathens who are not born again, who are not the faithful saints in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, you mean, you mean I can have weird thoughts as the world does? Yes, yes, yes. It's called unrenewed mind. Just because you got born again does not mean that you got scrubbed clean in your mind. Now that's your part to do. You abide in the word. You take this word and you meditate and you allow the Holy Ghost to cultivate the mind of Christ, which you already do. You just have to exercise like a, a muscle, like a bodybuilder. We have every muscle. We're not going to add more muscles to our bodies. Every muscle. Every spiritual endowment has been given to us in Christ when he got born again. He's not going to add another, another, another lump of something. He'll add a grace as you're walking out. These graces were there. The, the deposits of the cause of God are within us. And all of us have the mind of Christ. Just some do not exercise it. They continue in the futility of the mind of the Gentile, of the unregenerated, non-born-again believer. And that's why, unfortunately, sometimes we can be in the company of believers and leave and feel like we've just fellowship with the world. Had exactly the same conversations as we would have if that company were non-born again people. That is saddening because it's highly costly. Let's continue reading here. I'll tell you why it's costly. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having what their understanding darkened. That word darkened is blinded. So though we're born again and we are to walk in the armor of light, 
that which we choose to think on determines whether I walk in light or I will become dulled and ultimately blind. Because of the ignorance that is in them, ignorance. Ignorance. Why would you have ignorance? I'll tell you why. You're not reading your word. Not reading the word. And it's costly. It causes ignorance, which produces this blindness of the heart. Another word for that blindness is actually it's callousness. Another translation of the word blindness is hardness of heart. We have here in Dominion Sonship spent quite a few weeks back a few months on a hardened heart of unbelief that is not pleasing to God. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. We're talking about believers born again that the blood of Christ has purchased them to be precious possession of God now, to be part of the glorious bride of Christ. But they have made a choice to depart, to become alienated to from the life of God, which I might have missed that particular part of the verse in 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. And so when we walk in ignorance, when we make a decision to depart from truth, we are actually alienating ourselves. That word is non-participants with the life of God. To be a non-participant to the goodness of God within us. To be estranged from the life of God. Because of what? Ignorance that has brought forth a blindedness, that has then allowed them or they have yielded to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you what? Put off. This is what we do. We put off concerning your former Conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the mind of Christ. He's pleading with us as he pled to the Corinthians. Be of the same mind. Be in agreement with the mind of Christ. Be made alive today with the life of God. Be a partake of this divine nature. Do not walk in the ignorance of futility of mind, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on, you put on, and that word is part of enduo, like being clothed. You put on the new man, which was created, how? According to God. The very divine nature, the very expression of God through man looks like a putting on of a brand new mindset. <laughs> no, work more miracles. Miracles follow. 
the preaching of the word. Miracles follow when you're a doer of the word. That's the, mirac the most miraculous thing. And, and signs and wonders will follow that word. You just be a doer of the word. You be a doer of the word and the signs will follow. You'll never have a failure of signs following you. The focus is not the miracles. The focus is the very life of God within us. That we put on this life. How? By the renewing of our mind. I wanted to look at the word futility. Back into verse 17 of Ephesians 4. That particular Greek word is used only three times in the New Testament according to Strong's Concordance. It gives us a pretty good idea of this word futility. So here, if we read that verse, uh, we're to no longer walk it as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And that word is uh, the Strong's Greek Concordance 3153. I won't even try to say it. It means vanity. It means emptiness. It means vanity. It means emptiness. He says, do not walk in that emptiness of mind. Do not walk in that vanity of a mind as the world walks. And the more I meditated that word, the more I recognized that's exactly what Jesus says. Occupy until I come. Occupy what? Occupy what? Occupy your mind. Don't vacate your mind. But so often when a hard moment comes, we, we see the nature of the flesh you want to vacate. You can't deal with it. You don't want to deal with it. Uh, and so what happens? You resort to something to not deal with it. You resort. You resort to something. Or you just go have a nap. <laughs> oh, by the time I get up, it'll be better. No. You wake up, same situation. Allow the mind of Christ to occupy your mind. Allow this mind which was in Christ to live in you. And this is how you put on your new man who has made what? According to God is anything too hard for the Lord. This new man is made according to God. In true righteousness, is there any wickedness in God? In true righteousness. And holiness is anything unholy in God. No. How do you attain? By what? Putting on the mind of Christ. Not by doing another little good action. Not by repenting five times after you messed up half a time. Beating yourself. I can't handle it too much, too much. He says, don't live in that futility of a mindset. Engage the mind of Christ. Together with whose house are we now? With Christ's house. Don't vacate his house. What does the word say in, in the gospels that you know once a house is swept clean? Now that we're born again, our house has been swept clean. If we don't occupy the house, what happens once it's been swept clean? Demons have been chased out of this former place of demon housing that we were when we're not born again. We get born again, what happens? Clean house. Occupy the house. Lest the enemy brings what? Seven other stronger spirits and messes you up even more. We're to occupy. 
this place. Actually, better ways, let Christ occupy your house. Give him preeminence. Give him room. Make room. How? By meditating his thoughts. By meditating his thoughts. The other verse, the other is in Romans. We're going to come back to the end of Ephesians. So if you want to put your finger there, that's fine. Romans 8. We've looked at this verse before. Romans 8, 18. What I'm talking about is really the most contented work you can do of God on earth, and that's to keep your house pure. That is to allow Christ's mind to function in you. It is to occupy until he comes. Your vessel with the truth of the word of God. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, and it does the time feel like sufferings. They're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This glorious transformation of the sons of God. Then when we clothe on this new man, that when we renew our mind, we are now reflecting the true holiness and righteousness of the living God. We are now become partakers of the life of God. Well worth it. Well worth it. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. So all of creation is waiting for this unveiling. Can I say this, this opening up of ourselves so that the mind of Christ be demonstrated through us so that God be seen through us. For the creation was subjected. This is the word to futility. For the creation was subjected to futility or to vanity, or to emptiness, not willingly. Creation did not have a choice, but we have a choice. Why can I say it? Because Paul says, don't continue to walk this way. He can't tell creation, don't continue to walk this way. What is creation waiting for us to make up our mind to dawn on the new man? All of creation is waiting for the manifestation, can I say, of the mind of Christ within the body of Christ. So the headship of him be seen through the body. Because he is the head. Where does the mind reside in terms of the brain resides in the head and, and the brain hosts the mind? Creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Which is telling me that presently futility looks like bondage of corruption. Presently futility looks like bondage of corruption. Well, yeah, because it's the mind of the flesh. You sow to your flesh, out of the flesh, what would you reap? Not eternal life. Corruption. Corruption. So if you want to keep being under the bondage of corruption, be subject be subject, allow that old mindset of the flesh, the vanity, the emptiness of the world to occupy your mind. Very simple message, very difficult to apply. 
creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into what? The glorious liberty of the children of God, which is telling me, just reading between the, this is Paul's writing, the Holy Ghost is speaking through Paul. One vessel. So if we bear what we just read in Ephesians, that the liberty of the children of God is, of course, this new man that we have in Christ. In, in Ephesians 4.24, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness, and the way you walk in the liberty of the Spirit is by putting on the mind of Christ. And there's no shortcut to that outside of the reading of the Word. The reading of the Word to wash away the debris of the old mindset. To wash away the debris of the world, which is futility, which is, Paul calls it here, bondage of corruption. That word corruption is actually decay, dying. In your mind, the old carnal, and that's why, oh, that's why, you know, if we're not mindful of the things of God and allowing the very life of God to cleanse and flash out the old mindset out of our lives, I mean, decay happens in the mind. And decay is not part of the liberty of the children of God. A child of God is made to have the mind of Christ. There's no forgetfulness there. There's no decay there. There's no confusion in the mind of Christ ever. Only liberty, only righteousness, only holiness. What kind of a freedom is that? To no, have no pollution in your mind. Well, in Christ you have the muscle. You just have to develop it. You got to eat right. You got to eat right. You eat the word. You eat the word. And then you use it. You be a doer of that which you've eaten. You apply. I ought not to walk in the futility of that thought anymore. All right. What am I going to? I'm going to silence it. All right, so of course, we've, we keep going back to a particular verse, to Corinthians again. The Corinthians were just a sweet little bunch of people. <laughs> we learned a lot of lessons through the Corinthians. It says, bring every thought down. Take it captive. Take it captive. Don't let it just fly and land. Fly and land. Let me survey it. Let me survey it. If it's not releasing peace in you, it's not your portion in life. If it's not edifying to who you are in Christ, not your portion in life. In Philemon, we read that what we're to acknowledge is that which edifies us. Every good thing that we have now in Christ, that is the communication of our faith, is to be edifying to our spirit man. And you know, right, right after, in Ephesians 4, right after the very next verses, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. We are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more. So don't lie. Don't be angry and act on the anger. Don't steal. <laughs> no, not us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's writing to the faithful saints. Isn't that amazing? 
and he calls this grace and peace. Why? Because this fruit of righteousness produces only one fruit, and it is peace. It is peace. Yeah, also in verse 29, that same chapter, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's how. How do you put away evil speaking? You don't meditate that. Don't meditate wrath. How do you put away wrath and bitterness? Don't meditate bitterness. Why would you sit and talk about bitterness? Because you've been thinking about it. Done me wrong. Done me wrong. That really hurt. Really hurt. That really hurt. That was not right what they did. That was really not right what they did. Or I can say, thanks be to God. He always causes me to triumph. I'm coming out of this moment. I'm trying. What happened, happened. I'm a brand new creation right now. It's a new moment. What was, was. I'm to behold one thing. I'm brand new now. I'm brand new now. I'm laying hold of that thing, of that which God has, in, in Christ has laid hold of me. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 3. This is what I talk to myself all the time. All the time. I quote Paul here. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. What am I doing? I'm attaining to the mind of Christ. I'm putting on. This is warfare. Put on the mind of Christ is part of the armor of God. We'll look into that too. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I haven't gotten all together yet. But one thing I do, I don't care. I don't care because I haven't apprehended. Paul hadn't either. Why would I put myself in a boohoo behind the chair situation? I can do something about it. One thing I can do. Not five things. I can truly do one thing. One thing we're supposed to do. What is it? Forget. Forget about it. Just forget Oh, it's easy for you to say this. I'm not saying it. Paul said it. The Holy Spirit said it. One thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Why? Because no longer I who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. I have one identity. I have one nature. I have one mind. And that's what I will walk out on earth. It's just how it is. I don't care how it feels like. It's just a momentary affliction we just read in Romans. It's nothing in light of the glory that we are attaining of this mind of revelation to know who I am, to have the freedom of Christ to live in me. And, and spill over to others for signs to follow me because now I'm a doer of the word of God. It's far better. <laughs> Way better than boohoo in the corner with three other buddies, like Job's comforters. You're so bad, Desi. You messed up again, Desi. It's all your fault, Desi. God's punishing you, Desi. Just read Job. Not a happy book to read until the very end. When a young one rebuked them all, says, stop this religious talk of nonsense. That's not God you're talking about. This is God here. 
It's a press forward. Verse 14. I press toward the goal for the price. The price, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's our God. He's not a condemner. So what if you messed it this morning? So what you had kinky thoughts up until like just now? So what? Forget it. Forget it. Just press now. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Look at this verse 15. Therefore, let us, let us, where else did he say let us? Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. He's saying, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. This mind. The strong concordance of the part, this mind, mind is, is have this point of view. But it's that word we've looked at. It, we looked at last week, the, this word mind. It was the strong, 5426. I think it was Ephraneo. Have this mind, and if in anything... You think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. What he's saying, forget what was, keep pressing. The mind of Christ is working in you and he will give you the revelation that you need at the right moment. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, but that which you have a light of revelation on, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Nevertheless, to the degree, verse 16, that you, we have already attained, attained to a walk in the mind of Christ. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. I mean, you know, then you, you have the other extremes. I don't have enough revelation, so I'm just going to park here. I'm just going to park here. I've done it. I'm like, Lord, I, I need another piece. I don't have the next piece. I'm just going to stop right now. And what you do at that moment is you let go of all the light of revelation you had until now. Just continue walking. Walk as far, what does it say? Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Doesn't mean, you know, yeah, there is more to gain, but keep walking without what you have. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. We're going to go to Colossians and then back to Ephesians, I think. And there, I wanted to also look um, at the third reference of that word, uh, vanity, but I'll just follow the lead here. Colossians 3, 5. Therefore, put to death. <laughs> Who does it? Put to death your members, which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. We're not of those sons of disobedience. In which you yourselves once walked, we were, but now what? We have, we're no longer walking in the futility of that old mindset. We're not estranging ourselves from the life of God. We're not departing from the truth of the word of God. We're full participants with the mind of Christ. Which, you know, he said, once we were sons of disobedience in which ourselves we walked when we lived in them in the old ways. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with its deed and have put on the new man who is renewed, how? In the knowledge, renewed in the mind. You have a new set of knowledge now. You have a new batch of thoughts that are holy, righteous thoughts. 
have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all in all. I'll tell you the, the mindset of the righteous, the mindset of the mature, the mindset of the not carnal is where Christ is all in all. There's no more division. There's no more what? Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, sentient, slave nor free, or male and female. But Christ is all in all. All you see is one glorious creation of God in Christ. You see no division. You see no race. You see no gender. And if you see that, it can come up higher. By forgetting what was and pressing to attain this truth. The truth of the mature is that we walk in the mind of Christ. Actually, let's go to um, the other verse was in Peter, Second Peter. Before I go to, I'll finish off with Ephesians. Second Peter 2. Uh, it's a tough chapter, Second Peter 2. Peter is a tough, a tough um Read the times, uh, but a powerful read. It really goes to what Paul wrote in chapter 4 in Ephesians and in what we just touched in Colossians. Second Peter 2, 12 onward until well, to the end of the chapter talks about false teachers. So this is the content is the false teachers. Verse 17, these are wells without water. They look like there's something, but there's nothing. There's, it looks like you can draw something out of them, but there's nothing. A false teacher offers no living drink. That's the ultimate definition of an empty well, right? Futile. It's an, it, it is in vain to go to that well and to think you're going to get a drink. But what's not in vain is to labor unto the Lord, who will satisfy your thirst and your desires. There's a wells without water, clouds carried by tempest, not carried by the Spirit, by some stormy weather of demonic activity, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, that's the word, futility. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through the thrill of your flesh. So just because you get a bit of a thrill doesn't mean it's the Holy Ghost. Just because your flesh feels a bit animated by what they're saying, it's tickling your ear, it's making you kind of giddy, and it doesn't mean it's the truth of the Word of God. Satanism is a, is a twister. They speak great swelling words of emptiness. They lure, they lure, they hook you on. It's evil. I hate how Satan does it. Lures you into nothing. Words of emptiness. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness. The ones who have actually, look at that, who have actually escaped from those who live in error. The, the devil is tricky. Just because you got born again doesn't mean you're safe forever in terms of that you don't have to heed to what you're listening to. 
You're an active participant with the life of God. That's what we read in Ephesians. Don't be futile in that old mindset of futility. I just uh, want to put my eyes on it again. Ephesians 4. I just want to read them together. Paul says here, no longer to walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, in the emptiness of their mind. That sounds like overflowing words. Sounds like great swelling words. What does it do? It allures the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, while these futile sayings, while these empty words, these, these swelling words, they promise liberty. They themselves are slaves of corruption. Isn't that what Paul told the Rom Romans 8? The bondage of corruption is found where? Futility of a mindset. So sobering, isn't it? While they themselves, these, these false teachers, promise liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. Slaves. Slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. He is brought into slavery. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. That's what we talked about. Occupy until he comes. He swept your house clean. Keep it occupied. Don't allow Satan to come back and, and take over a place he had before Christ. Because this time he's not coming alone. It's coming with seven other stronger ones. Now, they're not stronger than Christ, but they're stronger than your flesh. And that's why the state of that one is far worse than in the beginning. And so, uh, yeah, I don't want to finish. It doesn't get nicer from there, but just the sobriety of the message. And so that's why now we can go to Ephesians 6, finish really strong here about the armor of God. And so we're not going to be subject to false deception because we are abiding in the word. So it's we see the deception from afar off. We know it's wrong. We don't partake. We don't listen to vanity. We don't listen to futility. And we escape the corruption that's found in that futility thought process. Ephesians 6, here we go to verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. We are now making choices by putting on the mind of Christ to be strong in the Lord, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. And this is where we, in the beginning, I said that we always want to cop out. We want to vacate the house. We want to be the first one to run out into safety, not safety. Going for a nap is not a safe moment. It's not going to leave you the issue. Deal with it. By how? By withstanding it. You stand in the face of it. There is a master in this house. There is a master in this house. Christ is the master in this house. There is a master in this house. 
Hebrews, I just don't have to go, Hebrews 3, 4. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house, in God's house, as a servant for a testimony of those things which will be spoken afterwards. But Christ as a son over his own house. He is the master of this house. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if, if we hold fast the confidence, if we would stand, if we stand, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing and keep the joy of our salvation, of the hope firm to the end, firm to the end. And so this is now, he, Paul talks back to Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. I'll, I'll just take on a look at verse 17. You can read that in your moment, the armor of God, and do not parrot it out of memory, but meditate it. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Those two are paired together. Word helmet, the word helmet is pericephaly. It means encirclement of the head. The helmet of salvation. And we know salvation is from the word sozo. It's deliverance. It's wholeness. It's healing. It's everything that we now have in Christ and that Christ is now to us. Brand new life, salvation, saved from wrath and death unto glorious life. The helmet of salvation, you now take that helmet of salvation and of course it's dealing with the mind of Christ because this is what is encircling our head. So we can only think the high thoughts of God. So we'll not receive the fiery dart of the wicked one which are wicked twisted thoughts that sometimes come from those that look like they are wells but they're empty. False teachers put on the helmet of salvation. And that word to take the helmet, I love it because there's another here in verse 13, Paul writes, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And I thought it's the same as here, verse 17, take the helmet, but it's not. In verse 13, take up the whole armor of God, is raise it up. Like, lift up Jesus. Raise up Jesus. But this one, to take the helmet of salvation, is the word, uh, it's 1209 in the Greek concordance, and it is to take, to receive, to accept, to welcome, to receive in a welcoming well, a way. It stresses the high level of self-involvement. You take it. You welcome it. You let this mind be in you. That's in. You do it. You put on the new man. You welcome it. You receive. You partake. You now are a child of God and you can do it. You withstand the enemy. 
You put on this helmet, this mind of Christ protection around about your head and walk as a free man. Walk in the liberty of the Son of God that you are now. Why? Because all of creation is groaning and crying to be unburdened from that futility that Christ has delivered you out of. Of a mindset that is corrupt, that is bondage, that is not of God. And so today's message I trust and encourage you to be mindful to take on the mind of Christ, to be mindful to be not subject and to run away from hostility, but to face it right on and demolish every argument, every pretense, everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Amen. We're done. Glory.